Hello, everybody, and welcome to the brand new JE3 podcast. I'm honoured and delighted to say that our first guest on the JE3 podcast tonight is somebody that means an awful lot to myself and to my family. Um, probably only sort of known him on a personal level for the last sort of three years or so. And um, in that time, he's, re he's made a real impact on me. And I'm very, very grateful for all of the the time that he gives to um, my family and the foundation as a, as a trustee. Um, it's none other than Joby McEnough. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all right, mate. Not too bad, thanks. Just uh, plugging away with it all. Um, but yeah, on the whole, can't complain, mate. Good man, good man. It's obviously uh, been a while. I know we've spoken um, over the phone, but obviously been a while since we've seen each other. Yourself and the family all keeping well, though, yeah? Yeah, man, apart from the, the homeschooling driving me a little bit mad. Um, but our kids have been good as gold and a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, at least. So um, looking forward to them getting back and hopefully things starting to settle down a bit, mate. 100%. It's so much easier now. We've got those sort of dates to work towards where we've got some, as you say, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so, Joe, as you, as you well know, um, we've started this podcast, obviously, for those that don't know and that are listening, Joby is a, a trustee member of the JE3 Foundation. Um, so obviously for us, we felt that this platform is going to definitely be another great way of engaging people um, to, to the fantastic work that we are doing. So from your side, Job, I guess, look, um, can we just maybe get a little bit of an insight into, obviously, for those that don't know, um, fantastic footballing career which is still running um just you know, just about mate just yeah about. absolutely i looked earlier on actually and um a bit like dad i use uh soccer base rather than wikipedia i know people use uh but you're approaching nearly 600 league starts in your career that's some feat yeah i've been lucky man of course um as you say i'm, I'm coming towards the end of it that's for sure um but i've enjoyed you know an unbelievably long career and you know, one that I've really um, been fortunate as you get older, you kind of realise how lucky you are, I suppose, when you're a young boy starting off your journey. You know, it's what you want to do. And um, I wouldn't say you take it for granted, but um, I certainly have a greater appreciation for it as I've, I've got a little bit older. And I know how lucky I am to still be doing it at, at 39 years of age. So again, played for some fantastic clubs um, along the way. And um, yeah, I've enjoyed every every moment of it. Well, nearly every moment. It there's been a few that <laughs> yeah, a few ups <laughs> and downs go the way. Yeah, but that's part of the journey, man. And and again, the good times aren't as good without you know those those bad ones that you get along the way as um, as a footballer. Of course, some fantastic clubs as you mentioned. You know, played in the top flight: West Ham, Crystal Palace, Watford. Um, I'm sure throughout your your footballing journey, you've come up. Um, against some fantastic characters and um, obviously worked under some great managers. Don't have to say it because he's my dad and obviously we're on the pod, but who would you say during your career is sort of the best manager that you've worked under? Oh, good question, man. And one that, uh, you know, I get asked a bit and, you know, there's quite a few. I've got to be fair, I've been lucky. You know, I've had some really top, top managers and 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 good managers for different reasons, you know, and... You know, I'd have to start off, um, you know, Ian Dowie when I was at Crystal Palace was a fantastic motivator, you know, bags and bags of enthusiasm and drive. And, you know, the lads absolutely loved playing for him. I knew a few of the lads before I went to Crystal Palace who spoke really, really highly of him. And that was a big factor in, in me going there. So 
he'd certainly be up there. You know, Brendan Rodgers, I've got the, the fortune of working with at, at Watford and Reading. It top manager. Absolutely top class when it comes to the coaching and, and tactical side of things. Um, and he knew how to deal with the players as well. You know, Brian McDermott was slightly different character, um, but he's one that gave players, you know, responsibility to go and, and, and do what they need to do on the pitch, you know, and sometimes mm. it takes a lot for a manager to be able to do that, you know, to almost hand the reins over once that game starts, you know, for us to be able to go out and control it. And of course, Just is, is up there, man. He's, um, you know, again, someone who I had great success with, you know, and, and certainly there are things that stick with you. But again, for me, it's that crossover of, yeah, you want someone to get you going. Yeah, you want somebody tac tactically who knows how to set a team up to go and win games. Mm. But you want someone that you can get on with. You want someone that you can respect. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, pats on the shoulder and, and hugs and kisses. It can be, you know, a firm word at times. And, you know, for me, you know, he just had that balance. He had that way with people that, of course, you know better than anybody. Yeah. Um, and that was no different for us, you know, as players. You know, everybody loved him. You know, even I think that the biggest thing for me is you'll get gaffers who I played, you know, I was one of, of Justin's main players, you know, and yeah. it's easy when you're playing week in, week out. Of course, you're going to have a good relationship with your gaffer. But again, even players that weren't playing regularly, he wouldn't treat them any different, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, I'm sure we'll get onto it. But, you know, when obviously this, the worst thing happened, there were players there that, you know, were still so affected, you know, players that, that didn't play a lot of football under just, but because he treated them first and foremost as, as human beings and had respect for them, you know, there was a real attachment to him on a personal yeah. level. And for me, that's what singled him out and, and certainly made him, you know, for me, one of my, my favourite managers that I played for. Man. Well, listen, as his son, obviously, that's amazing, amazing to hear. Um, you mentioned the word success in, in that sort of speech that you just gave. And obviously, I've seen photos you've come up against the likes of Messi in your career playing for your country I mean what is your your greatest success in your career to date oh wow good question um again it's it's one that I have thought about when you are playing I think once I've finished playing whenever that is um mm -hmm. I will sit down I will reflect I think the fact that I haven't stopped you generally don't get a lot of time to sit back and and, and look back on things maybe in enough depth and detail the mm. biggest achievement for me is the fact that probably I've played as long as I have um, and I'm still playing now at, at 39. I think you can always look at those individual seasons, which, of course, are highlights. That's what we're in the game for. So, you know, winning leagues, again, I've been lucky to do it at Reading, you know, and, and get promoted, of course, you know, with your old man at, at Orient, yeah. you know, winning the league and, and getting us up, which was a massive achievement in the, the scheme of things. And when you come into the club where we were, um, you know, again, internationally playing against, as you say, the likes of, of Messi in some big tournaments, the Copa America, um, and playing for your country is always, always massive. So, again, I think if I was to have to single any of them out, it, it would be those moments and, you know, successful teams, winning things and achieving things, you know, and, and playing at the highest level against, you know, the best, best calibre, because that's what you do it for. You want to test yourself against the best. And I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to do that. Exactly that. I think, you know, what you said there, absolutely amazing achievements, what you've been able to accomplish and the career's still going. There's still uh, plenty of, uh, well, hopefully plenty more uh, opportunity to make more amazing memories ahead.
So you obviously mentioned and a big part of why we are doing this podcast is to obviously remember the man, obviously Justin, my dad. Um, had you actually come up against him in your career or was the first time that he walked into to Leighton Orient um, the, the first time you sort of crossed paths? Yeah, probably. Obviously, look, of course, you know, I knew who he was and um, I'm not sure whether I would have played against any of his teams up until that point. I'm sure maybe at some point we would have done. Um, but he's not somebody that I knew personally. Again, you, you know people by reputation, especially in this game. Um, and I've heard a lot of good things about him. But yeah, that first meeting, really him coming in the door, um, just with a presence, man, an aura. You know, and I think when you don't know people, it's even more um, impressive when when they can just walk into a, a building of people they don't necessarily know. And he, he had something about him, you know, what that was we were still sort of like, but he had a presence, you know, and I remember speaking to him, um, you know, he pulled me because obviously at the time I'd, I'd recently been made captain, but um, not on a permanent basis. So he said he'd, he'd been and watched a few of the games and, you know, he, he was happy for me to obviously continue in that role. And obviously I would be keeping or being made captain on a, on a permanent basis. So again, for me mm -hmm. straight away, that was a, you know, a massive shot in the arm that, you know, he'd, he'd made that decision straight away. And, he just got the lads on side, man, straight away. You know, there's a positivity about him. Um, you know, it was a it wasn't a kind of question of 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 whether we could do something, it was we were gonna do something. Yeah. And again, sometimes when you're in a position that we were, and it's like in life, you have questions like, can we do it? Are we good enough? And you need someone to just come in and say, No, 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 we can do this and we are gonna do it, you know. And he certainly come in and um just grabbed the whole club by the scruff of the neck, really. And Dragged mm. it along with him, man, to be fair. So, um, yeah, 100%. from that first moment, he he made a massive, massive mark on, on myself and everybody at the club. Amazing. Yeah, I think um, you, you say there, I, I actually went to a game with him. I think you played Dover at home and I remember the pitch was horrendous. Um, I remember initially when he uh, actually mentioned to me, you know, that he was going to put his name in for, for the job, considering how hard he'd worked coming through non-league to, yeah. you know, establish himself as a, as a league manager and then, obviously what had happened for him at Northampton prior to him actually taking the Orient job. I, I remember turning to him and saying, listen, I've never played Jobs, right? But I just remember saying to him, you're absolutely nuts. Like that club, I think he was on a, a run of like 14, 15 games 15 without a win. Games. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what what would you say? Were it, obviously, I know you sort of reeled off a few sort of things, how he was just in, able to instill that belief. But from your perspective, coming into a change room um, of say 15 games on on the bounce of defeats how was he able to come in like what what were the attributes that just really struck home straight away because to come in and galvanize a group that were that low um yeah. take some doing yeah he gave us the biggest thing i can say was he just gave us a real clarity a real direction in terms of how i wanted how he wanted us to play there was no gray areas you know it was black and white with just very much you know and that meant Again, if someone on the training pitch did something that didn't fit in with the way that he wanted to play, he was stepping in saying, hey, no, 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 I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to do this. So there was total, uh, again, clarity. Everybody knew their jobs. Um, and again, to get yourself going, and he knew by getting that first win, again, after so long, um, you know, it would get everybody on board even quicker and um, you know, it wasn't an easy beginning to say the to say the least. And you know, we had to to certainly buy into to the way that he wanted to to do things. Um, but we believed from day one that those things 
would get us results. Um, yeah. And again, things quickly turned around. And again, just a, a togetherness and a demand on the group, just that it would take every single one of us. And also if there were players there or even anyone around the football club that wasn't willing to get on the journey, then they could go the opposite way. You know, yeah. again, there, there was no folding in that belief. You know, it was either we, you're with me or you're not. Yeah. You know, and that's a bold thing to do coming into a new environment. But again, I know he knew. And again, the best ones do it. You can't have doubters. You can't have whispers. You can't have people. Oh, I'm not too sure. It is either, listen, this is the way we're going. Now get on board or, mm. you know, I'll shake your hand and you go the other way, mate. It's not a problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, again, we wanted to get on board. You know, the vast majority of lads there were, were more than willing to do that. And um, yeah, again, things couldn't have gone any better really from the minute he walked in. Absolutely. I think a lot of players that have played under dad that I'm lucky enough to obviously have built a relationship with um, for, for the man that he was and obviously how much family and everything and inclusion mattered to him. I think, you know, that word um, that, and that balance of, I remember there was often times, I mean, I was very fortunate to experience some things that kids and, and young fellas can only dream of, you know, and um, I remember sitting on the bench for the playoff final when he was managing Newport County, like what son does that? But yeah, yeah. There, I remember being around him and, and his group of players and he did have that that infectious, funny um, sort of line where he would sort of tilt from being one of the players. But then when it was time to crack on, as you say, um, it was business and business was business. What would you say was, um, going back to that sort of comedy, charismatic side of him, the funniest moment that you uh, were able to experience in your time working with him? Oh, wow. Oh, God, it's going to be more than <laughs> one. And I'm trying to keep it clean here, to be fair. Yeah. No, this will be going out. Um, God, that's a... That's a oh, God, it, there's, there's been loads, I've got to be honest. The, um, God, I remember we went up to um, one of the away games, I think it was, towards the end of the season. Um and again, he brought all the lads. He brought all the lads. That was this the first season or the ch the, the title? No, I think this season? was a year. We were, yeah, I think this was a title winning season. I think it might even have been the first one actually. Um, right. But he wanted everyone to be a part of it. You know, he wanted every single player, whether you're injured, not. You know, again, that was his way of of making sure we were together as a group. Yeah. And of course, the lads that were in the squad went up, went to bed on time. You know, as we would do at a game the next day. Um, and I remember a few of the lads saying that he, he stayed down for a little bit after with, with a few of the boys and um, had a few drinks and then... Unlike him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so anyway, we, 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 we wake up, no one thinks anything differently. Like, do you know what I mean? We're preparing for the game, whatever. And then uh, apparently a few of the lads has probably had a, a couple more than they should have done. Right. So uh, we get down to this meeting or in a the pre-match meeting, right? And Gaffer's there first and foremost and um, dead straight face. Like, so then you start, little rumours start going around and um, I think it was Sam Sargent at the time, possibly. Right. And yeah, he's like, oh, Sarge's in trouble, man. Like, and then again, everyone's like, oh, what's going on here? So then Sarge comes in, he's a bit late. And it was something along the lines of like, again, where he'd had a bit too much and a Gaffer, he's the one who sorted this all out. So again, yeah. he's, he's in on it. So he's like, stands up in front of the whole room. And he's like, Sarge, what do you think you're doing last night? So like, you see his face just like whoosh, drop. And we're yeah. all thinking, 
he's actually he's got it in for him here like do you know what I mean this could be serious I didn't even know what had happened like I'm sort of looking yeah. around to the other lads like what's going, what's going on like what's going on and then literally like we're all just sat in there like that he was like not acceptable not acceptable at this football club you need to know the limits you know da, 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 like just proper went into one like honestly like straight yeah. as you could ever think and then literally with a flick of a of a switch <laughs> he just started burst out laughing and he's like oh i'm only oh. messing about like sarge was like oh my god i'm so oh, relieved I like bet the whole room oh mate the whole room just erupted and oh, it was just brilliant it was just such a nice little way of again just you know getting a bit of a laugh and um you know it was it was that was just one little moment there's there's so many of them though Charm. not even messing yeah. about he, he just had that way like you say again that is a quality that is very very rare you know being able to have a laugh and a joke whether it's over breakfast in the morning you know again mm. it's talking about kids family you know what happened on the weekend he'd always come in and he'd want to know what the young lads are up to on the weekend yeah. you know what I mean I think half of it in that fatherly role like make yeah. sure they're not overstepping the mark but also loved the banter and wanted to hear what was going on with like a Miles Judd or whatever they'd been out on a weekend. And Juddy you know, was always on Juddy's case. Yeah, I remember he used to stories. come home and give, oh, I'll stitch Juddy today. And Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then it would be like, you'd, you'd, you'd have that laugh and a joke. But by the time if we had a meeting or we were out on a training pitch, it was again like, boom, it's work time now. You know, mm. it's, it's quite hard to get that balance, you know, but that's the, the aura, the respect that he carried around the place that, you know, when he said it was time to work, mm. um, you know, it was time to work. And and he certainly um, didn't take any prisoners on that front, mate. He, he, he worked us very, very hard, but we knew it was, you know, all for a good cause. And we knew there was balance to it. It wasn't just all work, work, work. We'd have our laugh, mm. we'd have our joke at the right time. But at the same time, when we, when we did have to work, um, you know, we were more than happy to do that for it. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic to hear. I think from, from my side, um, it'd probably be good and, and remissing of me not to talk about sort of that running for the, the title winning season. And listen, being living in his house, I knew more than anybody that the roller coaster ride and um, as players, you, you would have felt that as well. I mean, the Salford game at home um, got slapped really. And that was the first time I'd seen um, his Leighton Orient side sort of be dealt with in that way. Um, and that was probably, I would say, his lowest point that I'd seen him during that season. But then that build up and that running where it was sort of getting closer. I mean, they pushed you the whole way, didn't they, Salford? And Graham Alexander, he's, you know, a top man. He's reached yeah. out to myself, my family since obviously dad's passing and his side's always set up well. But um, when we got to sort of the talent, I remember I drove up to, to Solihull, which happened to be the, the second to last game. And yeah. um, what, what was that day like as, as a whole? Because obviously it was it was far from over. Um, but what was it like pre-match? What, what what did he say to you to sort of get that that sort of result done on the day? Because they were again, Solihull were right in the mix as well. You know, it's it's interesting you say that, Charlie, because I, again, I think the sign of a, a real top manager is they shield the players, you know, from that pressure. And we don't see how he is at home, you know, after a game or a Sunday mm -hmm. or whatever. And obviously, you do you have to deal with with those emotions where really it's probably his way of of letting that out because he never ever let us think he had any doubt whatsoever that we were winning the league that year not once mm. you know once we got ourselves in that position where you know this is us now we're going to do it and I remember we had a meeting I think we had a little I wouldn't even call it a wobble but again because it was so close 
you know, we, we lost a game or two or might even have been a couple of draws, whatever it was. And I remember him after the trade, after the game, just saying, listen, don't be scared to fail, lads. You cannot be scared to fail. He said, the most disappointed, I'm, I, I looked at a team, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but he went, that weren't my team. You know, we looked scared. We looked, we stopped doing the things that have got us where we want to get to. He said, we might not do it, but let's have a real bash at doing yeah. it our way because I believe that that way wins us the league. I believe that way gets us promoted. And again, mm. for us at a time where we might have started thinking, oh, is this our year? You know, it's a real, right, it's coming from him. He believes in us, you know, let's get back to doing what, what we need to do. So again, by the time Soliho come round, I mean, yeah, it was tense, you know, but I think we had such a belief in the group. And again, for us, we knew if we went up there and, and didn't lose as much as we wanted to win, you know, with the way other results were going. Mm. Um, and I remember it being a horrendous game. I remember thinking if someone's watching this as two contenders for promotion, they're not yeah. going to think much of the league, do you know what I mean? But it was just that way towards the end of the season, you know, there was a lot of tension. Um, we were so close. It was just about getting a result. But mm. no, he never wavered, man. He never wavered. He never came away from that belief in us or what he demanded. And um, he, he did a great job shielding us if, if he was a little bit um, twitchy around that yeah. time. And again, I remember after the game, obviously after the result, and it was pretty much done. Yeah. There was a sense of, yeah, but it wasn't done yet. Do you know what I mean? It was all about next That's week. What and, and that was what sure. I was going to ask you because yeah. I, I never, I never got to ask him because obviously the focus was then on the next game. And then obviously by the time the events that happen occurred, you obviously don't get a lot of time to reflect yeah, on on that season. But it was more of a case of what right, was after that Solihull game, was it celebrations in the change room? But nah. we keep this under wraps. Yeah. Nah, it was it, well, it weren't even, tree. yeah, it was, it was, um, and again, that's a difficult place to be as a gaffer. You know, it's a difficult place to be as a captain or a senior player, just keeping everybody, because again, in your head, you're 99.9% .9 sure it is done, Yeah, you know? But there's just that, until it's absolutely... You never know in football. You know, until someone's saying or giving you a medal, look, you're up, there's the league done. And again, I had it a little bit of my time at Reddit. And there's a clip on YouTube where it's mad. I'm running around, like, there's people on the pitch and it was done, but I needed to hear those words. Yeah. We are up, you know, or we've yeah. won the league or whatever. So it was a little bit like that. That week was weird. It was kind of like we were in limbo because we couldn't mm. celebrate. You know, and we wanted to finish well and, and win and, and get up, you know, the right way. And we knew it was in our hands. But until it's actually done, um, you know, you can never take anything for granted. So, yeah, it was a weird week, man. I've got to say it was kind of just managing the expectations and, and, and getting through it and then going out and again performing. We knew if we got a result that day and it's done in it so um absolutely had to keep a bit of a lid on it really uh, yeah but after that brain tree game it obviously was party time i mean i weren't actually able to because i was running the marathon next day <laughs> but obviously to see you all uh in the boardroom afterwards you know as, as a collective and listen you you are and it still is like a family there you know and um it was it was really really amazing to see that high and how hard you had all worked and also that you still had obviously the uh the day out at Wembley to, forward to, which obviously didn't turn out to be. But when I look back now and to know that that was the last place that he managed the football match, that's some feat, even though he didn't end up a winner that day. But I just think as a collective and as a group, you know, you went away, you celebrated, didn't you? And uh, it was time to reflect on on what a good time you all had and achieved together. Yeah, I mean, that was, again, I think doing it at home um, was lovely. It was really, really nice. Um, 
again, the fact it was it was down to us to do it. Um, and again, the moments, there was images, I came off right near the end and um, it was done. It was done. But if there was ever a time for a manager to sort of switch off and <laughs> chill out, you know, and I just remember thinking, oh, we're done now. It's done. Like you're getting the scores from other, other grounds and, and Gaffer just wouldn't, he just wouldn't switch off you know, until we heard that whistle. And again, it's the same feeling. I, I know it. I've been there myself, but you know, I'm there, I've got my feet up, like, brilliant, like, just waiting for that final whistle. The lads are then like, what are we going to do to the gaffer? Like, when we, <laughs> you know, when the whistle goes and, you know, James Alabi's there and, like, you know, obviously yeah. all the lads loved him to bits. And, um, yeah, so when that whistle went, man, it was just, I think, relief, first and foremost, I think, because it is such a high-pressured um, environment, you know, again, getting out that league, I think it's something in years to come, um, you know, it is still so recent. It was a hell of an achievement to, to get yeah. out in a time scale that we did. You only have to look at some of the teams that get stuck down there. You know, it's yeah. one automatic team, man. So to win that league is is big, you know. So massive. It was a combination of, yeah, it was just euphoria. It was oh, just, you know, the best feeling ever. Again, like my family are there. Obviously, you know, it's buzzing. All you guys are there. And to be able to share that moment. Um, you know, just made it extra special as well because it, it had been a journey. And I think the thing with football is, you know, it's so intense. You know, of course, what we're we talking about, an 18-month period, you know, and a lot of people probably say, oh, yeah, but 18 months. When you're talking about a football club, that can seem like a lifetime. You know, you're yeah. in, you're out, you know, and you made a big point always of, of talking about making sure everything's all right at home and keeping mm -hmm. your family stuff, make sure that's fine. So when you can come in or when you do come in, I want a hundred percent from you. I can't have 80, 95, that just don't cut it, you know? Yeah. And, and everyone gave as he did a hundred percent and more. We gave everything we could, whether that was playing through injuries, whether that was again, getting stuff sorted at home so we could come in and be focused. And, um, you know, we, we made a commitment as a group, you know, to give every, every part of ourselves. And, you know, we did that and, you know, it was just lovely to to get the rewards at the end of it. And that day is a highlight for me in my life, man. Like, you know, football yeah. and otherwise, again, having those people around me, doing it with a group of players and staff, you know, and a gaffer that we, you know, we absolutely loved to bits. It was, um, you know, just a real amazing day and, and one that I'll, I'll cherish forever, man. And to get a club of that size that didn't deserve to be where they were back, where they rightfully belong as well. I'm sure that was a, a proud moment to be the captain of that side as well. Yeah, I think, again, going back to probably my own personal situation at Orient, the first time I was there, which which wasn't the greatest time, or you touched on it a bit earlier about having lows in your career for whatever reason. And, um, you know, going back was a big decision for me. You know, they, they say never mm. go back. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't have got any worse than probably my first spell. So I, was, I wasn't starting from a particularly high level anyway. Um but no, it was still a big decision. But yeah, it was a bit of, I suppose, redemption. And that was in my thinking. And that's why I was so happy when Just came because I really felt like he was someone that could help make that happen. And I wanted to be a part of a group that got the club back. Because again, I think later on down the line and in years to come, you know, that will be looked at as a fantastic, even better achievement maybe than it is at the moment. Yeah. Um, and when you're part of promotions, you're part of that club forever, whatever happens you know, you are part of the history of that football club. And, you know, Absolutely. he was obviously the man that drove that. We were all parts of it um, and just happy to, to be there for the ride. Absolutely. 
it, we can't not touch on it and I hope you don't mind sort of discussing it with me, but obviously we know what was to come and obviously his tragic passing. Where where were you at the time? How, how did you take the news? Because obviously there was that period of sort of four or five days where you probably knew something wasn't quite great. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, from from me and my family's perspective, the club, how they sort of kept everything sort of private under wraps, they dealt with it because as we all know, there's no manual of how to deal with uh, an incident like that. But for you personally and, and, and how you sort of coped and dealt with that time, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's um, obviously very difficult. Um, one, even thinking about it, talking about it, going back over it because it is just such a horrible time and I think again it's one of them times and things that happens and I will always remember where I was um I was actually out for a uh, a meeting with a consultant I was had, had a bit of an injury at the time um so I was actually meeting uh Keetan Patel who's our, our club physio who again was incredibly close with with the gaffer and Keats turned up and he was a bit late and a little bit um unlike him he's a bit flustered yeah. And I sense that something wasn't quite right. And again, as captain, you're, you're probably, and I get on well with Keats and, um, you know, I, I just said straight away, like, what's going on, mate? I could tell something wasn't quite how it should be. Um, again, off the back of what was an incredibly successful year, I'm expecting him to come bouncing in. And um, so he just said there'd been a problem with the gaffer. And again, this takes me back again to, in terms of what he said at the time was, he said he had a cardiac arrest. Now, yeah. again, I'm not at the time, especially um, an expert when it comes to this. And this is why this is so important and why, you know, it's an amazing thing that yourself and, and everyone at the foundation's doing in terms of raising awareness and education. Mm. So my take on that, and again, bearing in mind, this is the gaffer. Yeah, this is one of the most fit, nearly 50 something year olds. Do you know what I mean? I'd see him yeah. in the gym every day. You know, he's blasting the bike or he's doing his weights and, you know, he does everything to a maximum. So I'm thinking, ah, just, you know, it'd be a little heart attack or, and I said to Keats, oh, it's heart attack. Yeah, like, you know, what's the crap? Like, almost like, oh, I'd be all right, wouldn't he, kind of thing. Mm. And then Keats has had to sort of like, no, 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 like, it's cardiac arrest. And I yeah. still was like, sort of juggling with it. It's like, I just didn't process it. I just didn't take it in, in terms of yeah. severity. And he, he said, no, Job's like, it's very, very serious. Um, he said at the time, of course, there, there wasn't a lot of details. It, it was very, very fresh in terms of, of when it had actually happened. Um, but he, he, I could tell from his voice and that he's a medical expert, you know, yeah. um, that it was going to be, you know, very, very serious. And uh, I don't know, it's still like, you're just hoping, uh, you know, for, the, for better news, you're hoping for, oh, he's, he's, come round or he's this or whatever that positive is mm. um but of course we you know at the time we had to respect the family and 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 everything and and your privacy and you know that was first and foremost everyone's thought process yeah um but yeah of course as the longer it went on and, and the days passed you start getting more concerned and then yeah, you just get the news that you sort of dread him really, mate. And it was just, um, oh man, just a, a sledgehammer, just a real, it, it, I say it took a while. I, listen, mate, it's still, when I say it, it's, it's hard to get your head around now still. Again, I think yeah. going 
my big thing from it is, is going from the feelings that we had, which were, again, I'm talking top of the world stuff, you know, as happy as I've ever been in my football career and in my life in general, you know, we've achieved something. We, we're all part of it. You know, it's a great place to be to literally, you know, rock bottom, you know, in yeah. such a short space of time and so suddenly as well, there's no warning signs. There's no, oh, he's rough. And you've got a two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to kind of get your head around things. It was literally just pure shock and disbelief. And I didn't want to believe it for a long time. I've got to be mm. honest. I didn't want to believe that, you know, something so tragic had happened to somebody that I love so much and, and we love so much. And um, it probably wasn't until I went to the stadium. Mm. Um, and again, when it happened, there's a lot of lads that were away. It was obviously in the off season. And so again, not being able to be around everyone was quite tough. Yeah. Um, but the few of us that were around, obviously, said, look, we need to get to the ground. We need to, I think that's when it really hit me the first time, Charlie, if I'm being honest, that I got to yeah. the ground and, you know, the last time we'd been there had been, you know, building up to Wembley and fantastic time. The last time on a match day was that last game of the season. And, mm. you know, to see um, just people crying and that's when it really hit me, I think, for the first time. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, man, just well, it's was, it was just it's hard. It was it was hard for, for everybody, but obviously for, for you as as a collective group of players, as you mentioned, you know, coming off the back of that unbelievable high. And for, for players like yourself, um, who had experienced similar success in the past, there was players within that group that this was their first time experiencing a promotion or a title winning season. So to have that sort of wind knocked out of their sails so so soon after it, it probably um Listen, I, I feel that we've been dealt the most unfair card, obviously, being his of son course. and as a family. But for, for you boys as a collective, I know um, I can hand on my heart say that he specifically said to me and the group of, as a family and our friends that this was his greatest success as, as in football, um, closely followed by his promotion with Newport County. But this one, because like you mentioned earlier, how tough it is to get out of this division, but to get out of it, but to win it as well um, and being pushed all the way. So... You know, it's um, it's one of those things, but we, as you sort of say, we're we're turning a, a negative into a positive and and keeping his legacy going. You know, with this foundation that we've we've started. Yeah, well, just on that, I think it's important to come back to, again, Justin the man rather than just the manager, and mm. again, how close we were as a group, and because of how he was and how he made us in terms of that togetherness. Um, you know, the fact that we everyone had each other's back, you know, in the most difficult and horrible of times, he was still there. It was so weird. It was like everything that he instilled in us came out. Yeah. And again, this is for me, when you talk about legacy, you talk about making your mark on people and, and leaving positive impressions or, or you know, important lessons in people's lives, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've all got our time here and it's so cruel that he's been taken away from first and foremost yourselves and everyone else that loved him as soon as he's done. But he's made such an impression, you know, a positive impression on people's lives mm. and that helped get us through. So we had, because of that closeness, I had people crying on my shoulder because they yeah. felt close enough because of what Justin had done and what he wanted for us as a group. So I mm. felt I could take that on. 
you know, and I cried, I cried my flipping eyes out, yeah. mate. Like, but again, I did that with lads that were more than just teammates because of what just brought in, you know, yeah. and, and because of that and the strength of the group, we we managed to help ourselves through what was the most horrible and still is situation you could ever wish on yeah. anybody, you know? Absolutely. And and that's something that I always look at now. And I think, God blimey, like one, it it was such an impact because what he meant to us, but two, would we have got through it if he didn't mean as much to us? You know, it's a real little bit of a perver perverse way of looking at things. Yeah. But yeah certainly what he brought to that group and what he brought to us it, it 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 helped in the the most horrible of times that's for sure and you know again i'll say it, you know someone like that yeah he's left us um mm. but he's always with us man like he's always 100%. with us whether that's in what we do daily the lessons that he instilled in in us as a group me as an individual the football club um other clubs that he's been to and 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 been a part of um and that's that's what we've got to hold on to man Absolutely, 100%. If you could turn back time now, what would you say to him? Just thanks, man. I think he knew, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't have the relationship with many other managers at all that I had with Just. And again, I don't know whether it was because I knew I was coming towards the end of my career, um, that appreciation. But he knew, you know, we gave him everything, man. Like we, hundred percent. We we gave, and he gave it back to us ten times over, man. And again, that respect that you know when we were, you know, putting ourselves through the mill, um, you know, I think listen, it would just be a big thank you for coming in. Again, he probably didn't need to take the job at the time that he did. There mm -hmm. was a risk involved, but more for just being the man that he was, you know, and and, yeah. and for me. I've had that 80 months with him, man. I, again, it's tells into significance to a lot of other people, but that time is time that I will will hold with me forever. And um, you know, I'm just grateful that I had it, you know, as short as it was, and as sadly as it was taken away. Um, he's a special man, and I speak to my wife about it a lot, who was great, you know, and, and having the support of my family for all that as well. Yeah. And you know, she's a big believer in people coming into your lives, you know, for a reason. Um, yeah. no matter whether that's a short period or a long period you know but it's about impact it's about impact people have on your lives and he's had as big an impact as anybody you know certainly professionally but not just that you know and even you know with your mum all the work that they did in terms of getting the, the group of partners together and the families together off the pitch you know mm. again that 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 helped build that bond that we still have today and whatever we we go on and wherever our futures lie you know we'll always have that that bond that, that we have and um you know it's down to obviously your old man and and your mom. yeah that makes that makes me proud as as their son you know that they're um they are good people you know and um i think you know anybody that's worked for him but also aside from that on a personal level um that's the most i guess rewarding thing for me since he has passed i've not had one person come up to me and say a bad word word about him or my mum you know and she's an absolute trojan i mean we 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 speak about her a lot in uh, our trustee meetings and how she sort of drives us on. She, she gets me going every day, you know? So um, no, that's, that's lovely to hear jokes. From a negative, as I say, we, we have found a positive um, in, in the J3 foundation. Has what happened to dad um, 
changed anything for you um, and your family in terms of perspective of, you know, do, do you now go and get checkups on, on your heart that perhaps you didn't have, or even with relation to the football club, are they now taking different procedures and, and steps, precautions to, to make sure that something like this doesn't, doesn't happen to them? Yeah, again, I think, unfortunately, it was, um, I call it a wake-up call. It's the worst wake-up call you can ever have. But um, I think when something as tragic as that happens, you have to take lessons from it. Um, and certainly just a greater understanding of, of cardiac arrest, you know, heart attack, heart conditions. You know, certainly for me, in terms of being a part of the foundations, that's been massive. Um, again, the, the lack of... Um, an actual um, need to have a defibrillator in certain establishments is something I, I never knew um, yeah. and, and really shocked me, if I'm being honest, and still does to this day, that it's not compulsory for, for certain premises to have one. Um, so yeah, clearly it's, um, you know, something that is, is, is very close, you know, to our hearts. My, my mother-in-law, my, my wife's mum had actually heart operation um a few years prior to to all this happening so it is something right. that we are very aware of and um you know we know how dangerous it can be so yeah man it's about i think that's that's the biggest thing now it's about making a change it's trying to spread the awareness and again come back to one of your dad's legacies in terms of um you know just not letting things hold you down not letting things yeah. stop you you know face each day head on you know, it might have been after a bad result. He comes in on a Monday thinking, mm, I'm not too sure because he's been at home with you lot going, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But we don't see that. You know, it's Monday morning, right, Bosh, back to business. You know, and even with this setback, something has come out of it that is going to help people. And again, you lot have got it in you, um, you know, naturally. But that's exactly the attitude that that you've shown. And, um, you know, with this fantastic work that that you're doing is it's to drive, it's to keep going forward, it's to, to mm. spread the message, raise, raise awareness, you know, and, um, you know, it's been fantastic to be a part of, mate. No, I appreciate that. And I think you, you, you rightly say there, you know, it's not until something like this happens to you that you have to take up, uh, have to stand up, take notice of, obviously, what has happened um, and make sure that it doesn't happen to anybody else that's, you know, associated to you because that, as you say, pumping in the gym whether that's on the like it, it can happen to anybody yeah. and I think you know that's the um that's what we're trying to do here you know what what how important do you think the work is that the J3 Foundation is doing because to my knowledge I think unfortunately in this country in particular it's something that we're quite naive around you know um I didn't know CPR I didn't know the difference between a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and yeah. you know all of this stuff has made me stand up take notice do you think that you know, there needs to be more um, done around this this work that the J3 Foundation is is pushing for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is, I think, first and foremost, the, the most fundamental thing about the charity is is raising that awareness. Again, I was exactly, as I said to you earlier, exactly the same. You know, someone says to me, someone's had a heart attack, cardiac, cardiac arrest. I'd be thinking it's exactly the same thing. Don't know the difference. Again, CPR, there's a real lack of, education um around that and the difference that that can make you know as well as obviously having a defibrillator within a certain time frame of obviously that happening um yeah. and I, I do i agree with you man whether it is again educating school kids you know doing cpr at standard as part of 
whether it be PE lessons, whether it be, you know, whatever, you know, in schools and stuff like that, um, you know, it's definitely something that needs to happen because it will save lives. That's, that's, you know, because of the work we've done, you know, we have been privy to those conversations, to those stories of, yeah, but because in this instance, somebody knew CPR or someone had a defibrillator, it mm. saves a life. It's as simple as that. It and, is. you know, I think the more we can get that message out, the more we can get that awareness, education, and also getting defibrillators into certain venues, which we've been able to do so far, which is brilliant as well, especially places that might not be able to afford them themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fantastic, fantastic cause. And hopefully with the exposure, um, you know, that the foundation's got so far, and obviously with the growth that it's going to have in the future, you know, we can really tap into that, um, you know, exposure and, and, and make a real change, you know, and again, with, with Justin's law at the heart of that, you know, moving things forward and, and getting that law change that we're all so desperate and, and hoping for, you know, again, that will, that will make a big difference in saving people's lives. And again, if something positive can come out of such a, a horrible situation, then, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be up there looking and, you know, at least be saying, listen, you know, someone else hasn't had to go through what my family's had to go through, you know? Absolutely, mate. And I think we're, we're all in agreement with that. You know, that's why we're doing this. We want to make sure that the ripple effect that's happened off the back of my dad's passing doesn't happen to other families and, and individuals. And I think back to your point, it is, we want to try and change it from being unlucky to being no luck involved. You know, you could be in a supermarket where there's, Fortunately, at that time, you're shopping and there's five people that know CPR, but then Joe Bloggs is in the next shop down the road and there's no one in there that knows CPR. It's, it's as you say, getting that awareness and, and education out there. And, and that's what we're, we're going to be pushing for. From your perspective, mate, um, you probably, um, well, we see you all the time sporting your badge on, on the, the TV and you, you're getting a lot of good sort of pundit work now, which is fantastic. And um, you know, from, from my perspective, we, we are absolutely buzzing every time we see you on the TV sporting a badge. And um, from, from your perspective, what did, it, what did it feel like when you got the call from myself um, off the back of obviously me and my family discussing that we, we wanted you to be involved with the foundation in a trustee capacity? First and foremost, honoured to have been asked. You know, again, I think going back to when I look at other members, you know, on the board and, and, and part of J3, there are people that did know just, you know, a long time, people that have grown up with him, people that have, you know, family members, people that have played with him 20 odd years ago. And um, I think from that point of view, it was a, a nice surprise, I suppose. Um, again, I felt like I had a, an excellent relationship with him, you know, on and off the pitch. You know, I genuinely did believe that it was more than a manager and captain's relationship, you know, and um, I suppose it was, it was nice to maybe feel that that was the case, you know, and because he was so special to me, you know, obviously from my point of view, anything I can do to, so I suppose repay that, I suppose, and, and be a part of something that's going to go and help other people. Cause again, deep down, he was all about other people, you know, mm. this is a game that, there's a lot of selfishness about, you know, and I think anyone in and around the game will, will understand that. And sometimes understandably, because there's a lot of pressure involved, especially if you're a manager, you know, even yeah. as a player, you want to be in that team that's going to, you know, but he was all about the team. He was all about others, thinking about others all the time. Like he'd come in and, 
you know, when I say some managers go, oh, how's things at home? But it's a throwaway comment, mm. you know, but this was, oh, how's Jolene? Like, yeah. how are the boys? You know, Easter. And again, it's probably a lot to do more with your mum. Um, <laughs> I know what's coming as well. There'll be Easter eggs, you know, or Christmas. They'll be like, and it it was real. It was real. He was just a real guy, you know. And again, you get a lot of fronting in this game. You get a lot of people telling you what they think you want to hear. And he just was no part of that whatsoever. You know, he was he was as honest as the day is long. Um, and he was about others. So yeah, in terms of getting contacted, it was right. Where do I sign up? You know, yeah. what can I do to help? You know, I, I want to be a part of it. And it's been such a great journey so far. You know, I think yeah. we're all learning in terms of from the charity side of things, um, you know, picking up ways of, of hopefully, you know, making us as big as we can. Um, but again, when you see a, a defibrillator going into a venue, you know, yeah. when you see the money that has been raised, it's going to go towards some fantastic things in the future. Um, you know, it, it gives you a real positive outlook on on something you know and um again it makes you feel proud doesn't it, it, well, it does but i think coming from you guys um even more so because you could easily have gone the other way you know yeah. you could have and, and rightfully so gone into a hole and um you know and i'm listen you're affected more than anybody else you know because of what happened but the fact you can get up the fact you can drive it you know, you, you can get a group of people together, you can put on a gala dinner, you know, mm. all these things, it is just incredible. And, you know, for, for me to be able to be a part of that, um, you know, again, whatever I can do to help, and it's just an honor to be a part of it. And, you know, very, very proud. And again, we had a, a call recently, um, and, uh, you know, Sean Derry said some, this was between us, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it on here, and I'm sure he'll probably be on here at some point in the future, but, um, you know, he mentioned about when you put that badge on and regardless of everything to do with the foundation and what we're trying to achieve, he thinks are just, yeah. it, it, you know, and, and it does, you know, every time I put it on, every time I look at it, every time I see the emblem, you know, it's Justin, you know, and again, yeah. for, for, for me personally, if I'm out and about or I'm, I'm doing my bits and bobs and, you know, he's with me, man, again, he's in my heart, of course, every day, but it's nice to, to have something physical there, I suppose, um, where you're like, you know, you can look down and, you know, it, it's He's with you. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And and I remember all those good times. And I think it's important that we do do that, you know, and, you know, that certainly helps me to do that. And being part of, of this helps me to do that. You know, we, we get to talk about him. We, we get to, you know, reminisce over all the good times and, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's keeping him with us as well and his memory and, you know, it's a fantastic thing to be able to do that as well as all the other great things alongside the charity. Exactly. And that's exactly what he would want. You know, he wouldn't want us being down and, and out about it. He would want us remembering the good times, laughing, smiling, reminiscing, as you say. So, and, and from my side, you know, we are eternally grateful for everything that you do for us, Jobs. And, um, you know, long may this continue and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get Justin's law and, and continue to, um, to save lives because essentially that's what we want to do. Right. And, um, yeah, from, from my side and, and I speak on behalf of my mum, my sister and everybody else, we, we thank you for that, mate. Just finally, I'll leave you with this question. You're coming towards the tail end of your career now. People are seeing you on their TVs more and more. I think I even see Jolene uh, put up on Instagram last night that she's starting to see you on the TV more than in the house nowadays. What's what's the next steps for, for Joby McEnough after football? Because I know I actually put a message out to... Um, 
on our social media and quite a few people were like get Joby on firstly like they were who they they were who they wanted you to hear from they sorry you were who they wanted to hear from and um, be the first person on the pod but for you um, what do what do the next steps look like is it that media route or are you looking to go more down maybe the football management management side of things or something uh, completely different yeah no listen it's um Another question that I suppose I should start asking myself at the ripe old age of 39. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's just been about putting some things in place, Charlie. I think um, I had a lot of mates who've had to retire, um, whether it be through injury, um, whether it be lack of opportunities, maybe the club's not quite what they want it to be and blah, 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 blah. And I think when that comes, it's a it's a tough place to be when all you've known, I've, I left school at 15, 16, as you do, you go and do your YTS you know, 20 odd years later, I'm, I'm still here being able to call myself a footballer. And, um, you know, the last certainly few years in particular, doing my coaching badges has been important for me. It's something I'm, I'm passionate about in terms of, I love the game. It's what I've been involved in. Again, especially in and around first team football is mm. certainly something that I, I love. I had a, obviously a year last year on the really coaching department because I wasn't able to play as much. And that gave me a great insight into that. Um, of course, the media side's been fantastic, something that I really, really enjoy. Um, you know, you know, the more I do, the, the more I do enjoy it. Um, so it's just about giving myself options and and hopefully being able to do something that I get. I'll never be able to replicate scoring a winning goal or winning a league, lifting a trophy, mm. but still something that I enjoy. And of course, something to do with football, if I'm lucky enough. Um, I'd love to manage, mate. I'd love to manage at some point. Um you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've certainly learned a lot of lessons. You've earned yeah, your stripes, mate. Yeah. You've um, stripes. You know, and again, you, you listen to all the, the ones that have gone into it now and there's certainly real things that I would take from all, all my managers, good and bad. You put your own spin on it, but ultimately it's about leading, you know, a group of people and, and getting the best out of people. And again, sometimes that's more than just tactics or, you know, things on the board. It's, you know, how people are doing in their personal life. You know, mm -hmm. what makes Joey McEnough to tick? You know, what makes X, Y and Z tick to go and get the best result on a football pitch, you know? And I think through my experiences, um, I'd love to have a crack at that because it's something that I'm really interested in. But again, the media side of things is, is something that I really enjoy as well. So um, I've got two young kids and obviously being around them, is important for me, um, yeah. especially at this age is they're, they're five and seven. And, um, you know, I love being around them, love spending time with them. So that will be a factor in, in whatever I choose to do next, I think as well. And, and having that bit of balance, because again, coming back to your dad, which we have to, um, you know, and I'm talking from someone from the outside, but he always had that balance about him, Charles. He'd always yeah. come in and he'd speak about you doing a marathon. You know, he'd speak about Sydney, you know, obviously Kerry, and it wasn't just football in terms of nothing else mattered. It was quite the opposite where family is first. Yeah. But as long as that family's okay and things are right there, then I can come into work and be 100% focused on football. But it wasn't football first, family second. And I think for me, that something that certainly, again, is a massive lesson for me that I would take forward if I ever did go down that road. As difficult it is, because it can consume you. Um, but just to have that balance, to be able to switch off at times, which you need to be able to do, especially with the stresses and pressures of management. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, listen, let's hope I got a few options, mate. Put it that way, and then um, you know what will be will be. It's just about trying to say get myself in a position that you know I've got something to get into when I do finish. Because again, from people that I know, having that void, it, it can be difficult, mate. So um, no, and I think I'll be kept busy with the charity as well, mate. To be fair, hundred so percent. That's all good. 100% mate well listen whatever it is that you end up doing next I'm sure you'll be a, a massive success in whatever path you do end up going down but Jobs I really really appreciate you taking the time out to be our first guest on the JE3 podcast um, so once again mate thank you very much for your time and coming on. No problems an absolute pleasure being the first one on um, to anyone listening please get behind us you know whether it's the pod whether it's the foundation you know we appreciate every bit of um, of a follow, a retweet, you know, a, a shout out on the socials. It, it makes a massive difference to us all. And um, I can't speak highly enough of yourself, Charlie, and the family for, you know, the, the what you've done and, and what you're continuing to do. So proud to be a part of it, mate. And, um, you know, here's to the future. Eh? Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. People, please like, share, retweet, whatever it is. Um, let's get the awareness spread out there of the J3 Foundation and the J3 podcast. So, Joby, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you for listening.